Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on a road. Say sassafras uh, again. I'm not going to say sassafras <laughs> again. I'm rubbing my eyes because it's sleepy time. Uh, our Big gr- game today, huh? Our grips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Our grips are putting bright lights in here and I need... I need sunglasses on. You want that'd be really classy. Um, soothing. Soothing. <laughs> we Some need soothing. We need whale sounds. If we could have like <laughs> whale sounds in the background and dim lights, and I could wear my my Ray Charles shades, be great. Yeah, we have a big game today, and it's going to be difficult. Mm. <laughs> at the ICCU. Yep, up at the University of Idaho Arena against Kamii, and they are a tough, physical, well coached team. So. It's going to be it's fun. We are a, I don't know how I'd describe ourselves, uh, weak, passive, and badly coached. <laughs> Nate, Not true. No, that's true. That's a joke. That is a joke. What you it's say is we're a scrappy team. That's No, the- we could get them. We could get them tonight. So yeah. uh, stand by for the next SASF to find out whether we, we did what we are capable of doing or whether we did what we are also capable of doing. <laughs> <laughs> that and that captures high school basketball <laughs> and that right there <laughs> actually is, although even even college basketball it's what makes march madness fun yeah 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 the flops I mean, it's, yeah i mean it, i just like basketball but it is really funny when you have an unpredictability to it yeah so what are we talking about today brian other than my big game tonight that we may or may not win there we go um i wanted to read you a couple well i thought i wanted to see if you from your spidey senses, knew what we were going to be getting emails about. No. Lay I Miz. For- it's Lay Miz. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, for- yeah I forgot what we talked about, so. Right. Well, you'd, so, no. you'd think that our exciting episode on Own and the Embarrassed no. would have made emails, but no, everyone appeared to like Everybody that. was on board with that. They yep. were like, Apparently, yep. you can criticize Onan and no one minds. <laughs> uh, it turns out. I'm shocked. Turns out you cannot. I'm shocked. Somebody is not. Uh, achieved sainthood yeah. is what we're saying. Right. But if we move over to Lay Miz, may Lay Miserables. Uh, this is one of my favorite responses. Most people are gracious, but I've got some good ones here. Is the goal of these guys just to go around stirring up trouble and making everyone angry? I really think they're missing the mark in their motives and intentions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I love most things Canon Press puts out, but I could never quite tell what was off regarding Canon Press. This podcast, the Lay Miz one, helped me figure that one out. This is likely the dumbest analysis of Lay Miz I could imagine. Completely I, misses the heart of the story. <laughs> this is fun. So this, this is, is fun because I actually thought this, if we show our work one time, then actually everyone has to believe everything we say going henceforth and we never have to show our work again. I don't think that's how it works. Because we have showed our work. We've done this podcast 100 and sometimes. I, here, here's the other thing. I guarantee you the people who are mad about us criticizing Les Mis are not still listening. I know. I think they're so, mostly email replies. And I don't mind if they stop. No. So The people who did listen and said, hey, your criticisms are good. I just think the story had such heart. It doesn't. Um, but but I again, wanna, again, are we talking about the book, which I have not read? Or are we talking about the the musical well, production? I, I think you're because being, I I I mean I think you're being overly fair because I thought this is ridiculous. Let me go grab the top quotes 
and just mm. see what yeah, I can start. find okay. from the book. And we'll see how good this so, stuff sounds. Again, but I even if the book is right. bad, I'm I'm not in a place where I can attack it because I did not do my homework. <laughs> yeah. Let me go ahead and just snag a couple quotes. And we'll yeah. I have three little bucket yeah. categories and then Let's we can do move it. into something else. Okay, ready? To love another person is to see the face of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. Life's great happiness is Hashtag to Hashtag orthodoxy. Right. <laughs> Life's great happiness is to be convinced we are loved. Yeah. And, and then just a third before we go. Love is the foolishness of men and the wisdom of God. Okay, so what I think is confusing is that it is true that God is love. Yeah. But that, uh, to follow up, we're going to keep going with a few more love quotes before we move on to the other one. The one's about knowledge, which was our specific claim, which is that this book is really about the holiness of victimhood and made, made right. really gets your priorities messed up on what is true and what is false based on how you feel. Our, which, big, our big gist, the biggest thing is do not create righteousness attached to oppression. To have been oppressed is not to have become righteous not to have become holy, not to have become uh, the intrinsic protagonist in the situation. And then I would, I would, I would think too that Especially everyone- Especially if you then try to lead a communist revolution. Sure. And then, and then those, for those of you who want to separate the communism from this, I don't know, how, how many examples do you have in your own life of somebody letting their love for somebody completely drive everything off the track? <laughs> that happens so many times. It happens with the entire, I mean, if the LGBTQ plus agenda is completely driven by the idea that you, that, power, the power that and to the love another person love. is to see the face of God. Yeah. Love is love is love is love. You know? And the biggest, the biggest issue is a definition of love. And right. we can get into something bizarre here, but I, I actually think this is helpful. Uh, a lot of people, when they get into scripture and they, they start looking at the nature of God and, um, well, they just don't. Let's start there. They don't try to look at the nature of God. They don't try to get to know God directly. Um, like, like King David, they're more King Saul, trying to know him through a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of steps and a lot of feels and a lot of manipulations and a lot of intermediaries. and. Uh, when you look at God is love, the statement that God is love, uh, light of the world, uh, I am the door, God is a rock, you know, all these things. Um, when those things are metaphorically true and, and Christians are very quick to say, it's not literally true. It's not true. Literally. I would say, oh, but it is. And it's, it's like super literal. It's beyond literal. So God is more love than anything you've ever thought mm. love is. The love that you call love here down in human experience is a distant, distant echo. It is a tiny shadow of the thing, um, that, the, the kind of love that God is. Same thing with light. The light that I complained about at the beginning of this podcast that's too bright is less light than God is. So it's not that God, this, this is the standard and God is like light. He is similar to this. He is mm -hmm. light, like the light of the world. Uh, like we have, we have the light of the world and that's a, that's a metaphor. It's not literal. Yeah. 
uh, well, he's the light of the world. Christ is the light of the world more than the sun is. The sun is the way in which the sun is the light of the world is an echo of the way in which the S O N sun is mm-hmm. the light of the world. So, and it's God spreading his wings over us. You're, you're, he's more caring. More, more his wings and every everything about that he is more so than the chicken yeah. he is he is <laughs> it's so everything everything that we think of as this literal example in our experience and that god is down from that the metaphor the way metaphors normally work is that it's it's similar to that it's you know simile metaphor here's the thing here's the thing that is an echo of that thing that points back to that thing and when we're talking about god god is more a rock than a rock. Mm. Like he, like right. the, the attributes of the rock, like when you say God is a rock, like, well, rocks melt, rocks crack, rocks can be made into asphalt. Rocks are not as permanent as God is. Yeah. God's rockness, the attributes of God that are like a rock are, they are the capital R rock. And these little rocks down here point back to him and our echoes of the way he is. And so this is the way in which we learn about God's nature from these metaphors, from the metaphors of scripture, but also from his creation. Mm-hmm. Everything he's made points back to him. And so when we misdefine love, when we're confused about what love is, when we don't know and we start using it like we do know, and love is this and love is that and love is the other thing. Is the other thing we don't go to scripture. We don't look at the scriptural standard for what love is. Love is uh, flipping over a bunch of tables in the court of the Gentiles in the, tem- in the temple. You know, that's yeah. love. You know, love is throwing a bunch of people into eternal torment. Yeah. That's what love does. Because God is love and that's what God's going to do. That's the, that's the thing. What, is, what does God love? Well, he, he hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. But he throws the sinner into eternal torment because he's confused you know like what like god is these things and we should submit to the way in which he is the standard for these things um and not take our own sentimentality our own heart forward weirdness where we lead with our feels and because i feel about this bad musical the way i also feel about the gospel therefore they are one and the same i get the same feels singing Easter songs as I do singing, will you join in our crusade? Therefore, Mm -hmm. you know, Christian, uh, when I read about, you know, the, the Jews in the wilderness, when I read about the Exodus, I feel about them and their oppression the way I feel about these communists who try to have a revolution in France because of oppressive law. It's like, "Mm." just because your emotions match the way you respond to the art matches does not mean that they are then alike. Yeah. You and know, I, and I and I think too the the fact that you know one the starting theme of the story is Valjean saying hey I can be yes I've been redeemed from being a thief and a sinner. Yeah. And so you can't hold that over me. And and I understand why many people say like hey that's 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 true. You know the sin in the sin is not held over me anymore. But I don't think that's the emotional. It's almost like that's the logical screen and underneath there's a whole lot of other stuff being brought in. I would say, I, I will say this, and I could do this by popular demand. It's rare that I just defer to democracy, but let's do it. 
<laughs> okay. If people really want me to dive in on Les Mis, I will. <laughs> if they want a thorough, like, let's really do it. We've teased it. If we want to treat that one where we just kind of did the hit and run and like we threw a right. water balloon out a window of a car as we drove by. I mean, that's kind of all we did. Right. It wasn't a real deep analysis. Yeah. If you want a deep analysis of Les Miserables, we'll do it. Like, we'll do it. I'll like, yeah, I'll finish the book. Like, I'll do the thing. We'll, we'll go. Wow. That's a lot um, of pages. Maybe we don't read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will come loaded for bear and I will do my very thorough, uh, I, don't know, I think the um, skinning of Les Miserables. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's yeah, this the, is the tanning. Then, the yeah, we, we'll tan this hide. We'll, we'll, we'll nail it up it, on the wall, soak it in urine, scrub <laughs> it, and hang it up on the <laughs> and wall. We'll just, we'll just nail it back. <laughs> that's here. what they did in tanning, just to by be the clear. way. By the way, that's not Brian's idea. That's the <laughs> <laughs> that's how they tan things. <laughs> that's an historical reference. Um, <laughs> it was totally inappropriate, but it was still. <laughs> Oh, I realize the, the, maybe gist, others... the gist is it is a sentimentally driven, communistic, the gospel of victimhood treatise. That's what it is. And it is, yeah. it is a cornerstone of Christian confusion in being vulnerable to the gospel of victimhood and all these other things. Okay, so, ready? A couple more. I already read yeah, through. Yeah, and okay, I had to on. sort these down, right? There are Great. a lot of them. So oh, I, I Oh, the suffering. <laughs> to Brian's, love. Brian's victimhood has gained him a, a measure of holiness. No wisdom. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> I suffered, so I know. To love or have love, that is enough. Ask nothing further. There is no other pearl to be found in the dark folds of life. I think there are other pearls. I mean, being a cat person is nice. That's a pearl for sure. <laughs> being a tanner. Okay. I, I feel like the kind, of, the kind of people who would say that would be cat people. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, ready? Um, let's let's cool. move on to some knowledge ones. Where's knowledge? Let us say in passing, to be blind and to be loved is in fact on earth where nothing is complete, one of the most strangely exquisite forms of happiness. Light is not lost where love enters, and what a love, a love wholly founded in purity. There is no blindness where there is certainty. And, and just to be clear- I just don't even know what these words mean. Yeah. What, what, like purity, what? Right. Like, what are we talking about? And I get the distinction between character and narrator also, so please, like, I understand that these are not- but these, they're all the same piece. Like it's all a fabric that he's yeah. made. And what do you think his definition of love is? Well, it's very clearly the feeling. Yeah. So if you feel the feeling, that's love. It's the deep yearning. Is this like the yeah. deep, deep affection? What are we talking about? Well, talking he, about patience, he, has some, he has some nice <laughs> quotes about giving. So there is for sure Valjean is when he's, when he yeah. sacrifices for others, that's for, that's love. I, I am, I'm nothing if not fair, <laughs> but I right. think it's the feeling too. Like a, a big part of uh, Marius and Cosette, um, that, that sort of young love, the glance, those are, they're all quotes. Those are all things that I've also snagged, but if, not, so not for this here, right here's now. the thing. If people have an affection and that there's a, there's a massive difference here. My, like, for example, my wife loved the late Miz musical. It was mm -hmm. an early, early rumble in our relationship. It was very funny. Um, uh, so very playful conflict argument and so on. Right. So um, does my wife. She said the same yeah. thing. She's like, why are you going after Les Mis? <laughs> Leave it alone already. Because it sucks. <laughs> uh, because it's terrible. Now, the thing is, my wife also realizes that it's poison. Mm. I mean, it's really, it's, it's poisonous. In its logic, it's poisonous in what it's catechizing. It's poisonous 
in what it's trying to do. And yet she can laughingly have affection, nostalgically have this, remember her affection, could sing the whole thing, remembers her affection for the musical. So, sure. you know, it's like she has that affection for it, but she doesn't have it uh, on accident right now. I don't need people to tear it up and stomp on it. I don't need people to burn it. I need people sure. to be inoculated against its lies. Sure. It's okay if you're like, yeah. It's catchy. The music's catchy. It's like, right. oh yeah. And it's okay. It's also, it's kind of like uh, hearing an 80s song. So for her, if she heard like an early 90s or an 80s song blasting that used to always play in the pizza place where she worked when she was a teenager and right. waves of memory come back and you can laugh. We all like a little Bon Jovi from time yeah. to time. <laughs> but, but having that affection like in scare quotes, having that affection for that thing nostalgically is different than being vulnerable to it now. It's different than sure. uh, being affected by it. So the thing, when, when people have some big old hairband song they loved back in the day, they can say, oh, I love this song. It's hilarious. They can, you know, they can want to belt some, you know, they can want to belt it out or find it funny. Sure. Meat love, um, right? Yeah. They could, they could have a thing that they have affection for without believing it to be like great and wonderful it's their grandmother's meatloaf and their kids can be like mom i hate meatloaf but for her yeah it's actually you know this thing that Sorry, i meant the loser band yeah yeah i know i know i actually <laughs> oh, okay i i just i oh, understood you what you thing? meant <laughs> i thought we were I, referring to the food <laughs> no i am referring to the food but I intentionally pivoted. Oh, so I understood play. what you it's meant. It's a pun or a yes, play on and I, I stuck with me, love, <laughs> intentionally, no confusion. So if it is actually, uh, you know, something that has a nostalgic place for somebody, somebody else can look at it objectively and say, it's kind of terrible. Right. Your, your grandmother's meatloaf was not actually good. Right. But it doesn't matter because in that moment in time, like you're, you're remembering this moment in time, you're looking back on it and it has a warm place in your heart. If you get to a place later where you can look back and still have affection for it but not be buying into the falsehood you don't have to think that it's the pinnacle of cuisine the way you did when yep. you were eight or ten uh people who have affection for les mis the musical should be able to do so while understanding that it is a steaming pile of lies mm. just like that music they listened to when they were a teenager and sure. it doesn't mean that you can't you know, you can't admit that it's catchy. It doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't have any kind of like a nostalgic affection for it. That's, I'm not saying that's illegal or immoral in any way. However, sure. the thing that people do with Les Mis is not that. They don't like Les Mis the way they liked Bon Jovi when they were 16. They don't do it that way. They mm -hmm. actually sanctify it, pull it forward, hold it up as this pinnacle of achievement, and pretend that it's the gospel when it's actually not. Mm. and that's yeah. a much bigger deal so it's like somebody saying oh i loved bon jovi and that makes me happy i had this i just had this reaction of happiness when i heard this song and right. i used to play in the pizza place yada yada that's one thing oh i loved light Miz. you can you hear that. the song you can you do can that do that <laughs> you hear the song you, you hear a song from les mis and you're like oh i loved les mis like i, I could have sung every single right song in that in that musical I love that is very different than then saying, this is the pinnacle of Christian art. This is a picture of the gospel, this Bon Jovi track. This is a picture of true love. And this is how yeah. sentimentality and art and narrative should be aligned in this Andrew Lloyd Webber sure. uh, production of Les Mis. Absolutely not. Sure. Like hard. No. I mean, I, I think 
So we've we've touched on the whole idea of like love being really vague in this. Yeah. It's very much a, a feeling which is totally manipulated. Your claim that victimhood is knowledge is also all over this book. Um, those who do not weep do not see, right? Right. That that's that's straight out the book. The pupil dilates in darkness and in the end finds light, just as the soul dilates in misfortune and in the end finds God. Right? Now it is true that God uses suffering to bring his people yeah. back to him, but again, that's backwards from how it's applied in Les Mis, which is you go find a suffering person and find their knowledge and their yep. wisdom. So Valjean becomes the sage because of the suffering he's been through, not because of his, well, this will be a little bit tricky, but not because of his repentance, right? Yep. It's like, it's like I, th I think it'd be the claim. And then there's well, all- what we see, what we see now is any, anyone oppressed yeah. has a holiness quotient. Do they not? Like, look around. Yep. Anyone oppressed has this immediate holiness quotient based on the oppression. They are sacred. They, they achieve a level of, of holiness over and against and of righteousness and of, you know, the, they're the justified class over, yeah. over against to, somebody who has not been oppressed. And you can tell that because you, you watch people flinch in an argument or even find it in yourself where you're like, oh, my family was this way. And you immediately find yourself telling a little sad story about the reason why you have this bad opinion, <laughs> right? Which is like, it is that yeah. sort of like move to victimhood yep. or appeal to. So uh, it's, there's a vulnerability to sentimentality yeah. that is preyed upon by Les Mis. It's bad. And it's not to say you can't have any childish, nostalgic affection for it, because it's catchy. I get it. Right. Uh, at the same time, the people don't do that. They ride in to defend it as, as this really great achievement of art, and these yeah. idiot Christian podcasters just don't get it. They just don't get how much it makes me feel. And <laughs> I think we get exactly how much it makes you feel, which is why you need to knock it off. Yeah. So Here's some other, a couple ones, and we'll move on. Teach the ignorant as much as you can. Society is culpable in not providing a free education for all, and it must answer for the night which it produces. If the soul is left in darkness, sins will be committed. The guilty one is not he who commits the sin, but he who causes the darkness. But he who prevented the universal free education. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of, will what, you what join in my crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Right. Oh, did you guys see what he did? He knows the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> Uh, it was crazy to me how modern this felt. And of course, oh, these are, gosh, yes. these it, are the no, quotes. It is modern. Right. The work, the book, and the yeah. play, obviously, like, is yeah. absolutely modern. Right. And thoroughly exploitive. Because I will, now, this yeah. is, that's a big one to camp on. It's exploitive. Like, mm. like this is exploitation of victims. There are real victims in the world. They are, like, really victimized. And if you're in a culture where those victims have a get out of jail free card, where those victims have a social 007 rating, man, those are powerful allies. Just imagine if you could fill your army with them and steer them. Yeah. And so I have watched over and over and over again. I think everybody has ever watched the news. People who've actually been oppressed, coming from real hardship, coming from real oppression, uh, immediately be utilized and weaponized politically, socially, inside of churches, inside communities, nationally. And they are not being weaponized by themselves. Right. They are not weaponizing blocks. They are not know. weaponizing themselves. They are weaponized by rulers against other rulers. They become uh, just a chess piece on the board. 
Yeah. And so when you think about immigrants, like walking through Central America, trying to get to the Southern border, are, have they had a hard life? Yes. Was this a hard journey? Yes. Why? How does it bestow a, like a sacred status that they have the right to enter and claim, you know, whatever they want? Because like to the, love another person is to see the face of God. <laughs> because, yeah, because the hardship has made them holy. The hardship has given them a right to right. your stuff. The hardship has given them a right, uh, you know, to these things. And we've, we've seen this. We, we talked about this in, as it relates to Israel and Hamas. But it's like, has Israel done anything they should not have done to Gaza? Like, well, of course. I mean, I, without even knowing anything, I could say that because they're humans. So... The, the odds of them having done some wrong in Gaza are 100% because they are human beings and the, those in Gaza are not their friends. Mm-hmm. So they will have done wrong. Those right. in Gaza will have, will have some oppression they could point to. There is some oppression they can point to. Does that mean that you get to paraglide in and rape and murder? It's like, no, it does not. And you watch the contortions that people go through because of that little bit of oppression that allows you to become the oppressor uh, in these, you know, micro contexts. That's, that's the inoculation you're talking about where you have to be able to be like, feel the pull of, wow, that's sad. Maybe, you know, yeah, you've been oppressed. Oh yeah. I could hear, I could hear some horrible thing that happened to some Palestinian Christians and I could have it confirmed or to even just Palestinian Muslims. Like it doesn't matter if like who's being wronged. I could have it confirmed and verified and yep, that happened and in no way be in any, in any way influenced in my, against my condemnation of what happened uh, in early October. Sure. You know, it's like, it doesn't, it's not one or the other. Right. Uh, It isn't, it isn't difficult. And I could look at Israeli families who just lost victims. And if they then having just been oppressed, believe it's now their right to go in and slaughter mm-hmm. just a whole cloth. They're going to go commit war crimes or do whatever. I also can condemn that because right. having just been wronged, having just been oppressed does not mean you get to lash out. Right. What and happened, the feeling is not how you determine what's correct. Right. The, 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 the feeling is not in any way. No matter how powerful the feeling correct. is, it doesn't no matter, bestow that light. No that, matter how much alcohol is in your feeling, it does not matter. It right. does not mean that you get to do something or not do something. Right. Um, and so you look at what happens in Les Mis and in, again, musical, I'd not finished the book, but you look there and it justifies the oppression justifies this attempted revolution. And it's a communist revolution. It's a tear it all down, kill people revolution in the history, uh, like in the legacy of your French, especially the European revolutions. Yeah. This is not a good thing. I think also it's important to remember that our country specifically was like we're not doing that kind. We're Ever, yeah. we're a different kind of revolution, right? <laughs> um, uh, I think and it had nothing that, to do with feelings. Yeah, ours. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, nothing. I guess so it's all it's all the feeling, principle, the, right? It's yeah, the tax. Yeah, but it's the, the, but tax. the feeling the feelings <laughs> arrive. So, and this we yeah. talked about this when we talked about communication with ethos, pathos, and logos. Ethos being authority and trust. Pathos being the emotions and sentiment. Uh, logos being reason. Mm. Um, all of them should be testifying. That's your two or three witnesses. They should all be testifying in the same direction. They also should be checking and balancing each other. Sure. Where those things should all be in alignment. And two of them can overthrow one, you know, like they should be able to. Right. Um, and it's, 
when you look at what happened with the war for independence, the American Revolution, so-called, it's very different. It's yeah. a very different thing. Yeah. Um, and it is in a very real way, it is a civil war and it's a war of invasion. Yeah. So that's Be- very because, different because than let's chop off the heads of all of the ruling class. Right. Then let's chop off our own heads and then chop off the other guy's heads and let's just not stop chopping off heads until we've run out of heads. Blood. To yeah. <laughs> Blood in the streets. <laughs> so the war for independence, you have something very simple where parliament tried to levy attacks. And it you was have, the parliament of a different country, just to be clear. Yes. Because there was so not overseeing the colonies. So parliament in, uh, over under the king, you have the, you've got King George. Everybody remembers King George. Parliament, parliament elected by the United Kingdom. Yeah. Yep. They then try to lev- levy a tax uh, on the colonies. The colonies had their own parliaments. They had their own like representational government, government under the king. Which was so, also under the so king. So you have yep. England, you have parliament and the king. You have Virginia. And you have their house and the king. And then it's, it's as if Virginia tried to tax Georgia. And because they were, you know, back there, uh, closer to the king, they were going to get away with it. And then the king allowed it. Mm-hmm. And it was the assertion of a new hierarchy. And it came with force, with navy, with red coats, with the whole thing. And the king showed up and said, yep, they can do that now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is why the king got, why, why were they fighting against the king? It's like, because the king was subordinating them to a new authority. Yeah. Um, so if the president Hence came and told teeth. Idaho, you're under Montana now, there would be a civil war, like a civil war happens. And so thinking of it as a civil war, which is what it was internal to one empire functionally, right. there was a civil war and the king picked a side and the king got overthrown and they lost. And the king did not get decapitated in public along with his children and his cousins and all his friends. And everyone who'd ever said anything yeah. good about the and, king. And yeah, yeah, it did not. That's not how it went. So revolution, revolution. And we used the French and we used their idiotic sentimentality in our favor. And we brought them in as allies. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ben Franklin. I mean, um, Statue of Liberty out of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a got, lot of copper. <laughs> we got a giant statue out of them. Uh, but it's very, very different. When you look at the gospel of Les Mis, it is overwhelmingly violent and holy violence from oppressed against oppressors. That's, yeah. that's what it's setting up. It burns down the United States in 2020. That's what happens. Oof. Spicy. Um, yeah. That, I think that covers most of it as far as that's concerned. I don't anyway, think we... We're but done. we also noticed, I think it's important to, to point out rhetorically, Nate left everybody an out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just all you have to do is say, yeah, I see how it uses my sentimentality against me. And if you say that. I have affection for it because it's this old thing I used to like. Right. And now I realize it's dumb. All of us have liked things that were dumb. Right. You know, I think about books that meant a lot to me when I was little and I can look back at them on, uh, with affection and I don't have to repent because I missed the fact that they were false or trying to manipulate me in certain ways. Right. You know, it's like I, think, I, can, uh, I can see the flaws and still have affection for it because right. of what it was in that moment in my life. I think to, lest we give it too much credit, I think there, <laughs> there's also a real strong sense of really lame high school musical level. You need to live to survive. Like if your life isn't worth it, like some of the last, the last few things to share, there is something more terrible than a hell of suffering, a hell of boredom. Also, it is nothing to die. It is frightful not to live. Mm. 
And then uh, there is nothing like a dream to create the future. You know, just that level of just so surface level. This is actually, this is great to talk about because if you think about uh, all men die, not all men truly live. That's a true statement. Yeah. And it can stir the soul and you can, you can totally, and I, and I can say manipulate, but it's more sophisticated than that. Cause it's not, I don't mean to be negative. You can inspire the emotions. You can manipulate the emotions. You can, sure. as a good rhetorician, as a good writer, you can move people. If you are not checking that pathos against logos if you're not checking that pathos against ethos which would be authority like scripture god truth <laughs> you know it's like right. if you're not bringing authorities to bear over your appeals to emotion yeah. if you're not bringing the authority of reason and the authority of scripture to bear on your appeals to emotion you're going to run amok so you can get people to feel all sorts of things pretty easily you can right. you can play the violins and you know get people in a mood uh, pretty fast yeah and it's a little it's a little terrifying i have a friend who was in a room at facebook i may have mentioned this on the podcast at some point i know he listens to this podcast so here i'm talking i'm betraying your trust right here into a microphone he was in a room with a bunch of social media engineers and they were talking about mood mood control and how to more effectively read and control moods and they pulled up a state on a map and said who do you want to make sad? Mm. Here are all our users in this state. Who do you want to make sad? Because we can just hit a button and do it. Like how? Like Well, I can't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> By what they're seeing and interacting they with and that kind of thing? They can just, like, there you go. The You're word, sad now. Oh, okay, so like we're talking paid, well, we don't have to get into it. Yeah, paid ads I'm, I'm saying, I'm just, because they're, yeah, it yeah. just, not even paid ads. Just they were demonstrating their ability to control the moods of their users. Dang. And they had discovered that while they would like to be able to read the moods of people and then try to serve them with ads and targeted things. Mm. It's which much easier to just It's much easier to manipulate. actually just control the mood rather than, you know, read the mood. Mm. And that's, that's like, you know, so dated already. That's way back there. They're, all, they're already way down the road. Um, and so my point is when you look for mood control, when you look to affect the emotions and you untether that decision from the authority of scripture, from ethos, from correct, mm -hmm. correctly understood authority and reason, all you have is manipulation and power. You have slavery. Yeah. Um, you're just enslaving people, making them feel however you want. And when you have sentimental art and Dickens is guilty of this and Les Mis is absolutely guilty of this. So are virtually, you know, every Hallmark movie. So are scenes of movies you might like. Right. They, you know, they could be appealing to the emotions and, and so on. But are they appealing to the emotions unhinged from authority and from truth and from reason? Uh, it can be really manipulative really, really fast. I mean, I think Disney, right? Yeah. That's a good example of every sports movie speech. It. Sure. Like the small, we try to get those Disney coach speeches. Yeah. People are trying to hype up, you know, hype people up. I'm trying to get you to feel, I'm trying to get you to act on your emotions and feel a certain way. And you're like, okay, but is it the way I ought to feel? Is it the way I'm biblically supposed to feel that you're trying to get me to feel? Mm. Uh, is it reasonable to feel this way? Is it reasonable to act on these emotions? And when the answer is yes, go for it. And so unfortunately, most consumers and most Christians, again, we've talked about this before, but applied to something else they look at the shape of the appeal 
So if you look at a moving speech in Braveheart and you look at a moving speech in Les Mis, like what are they, what are they based on? If you look at something happening in Gladiator and you look at something happening in, you know, a bad Jason Statham film, <laughs> the shape could be the same. Yeah. But what's missing is nobility. You right. know, like, okay, but the, the, but the movement, this guy who was violent against these other people, like just the movement of this one man being violent against all these other men. It's like the why, the logic of it, mm. the authority of it, all of that matters in whether or not you can call the act righteous, whether you can call right. it good. It's not just the simple shape of an appeal to emotion. So I could appeal to emotion. I could write in a way that made people feel something. Right. And Hugo could do it. Andrew Lloyd Webber could do it. And they could do it more effectively. But untether it. They would untether it from the God of the Old Testament for sure. Right. And they would untether it from the God of the New Testament and tether it to a sentimental. Well, I think tied to those characters, right? You get them to yeah. way invest in a character. But they, but they do try to... They do try to tie it into a faux New Testament religion. Like the think of the slander of the New Testament, mm. Christianity versus OT. So they don't see it as one God and one mm. through narrative. The long haired Jesus with the kids on his lap. Yeah. That, that one. Mormon Jesus. Mormon Jesus. So yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting. I was just thinking through our, the fun test that you often run of what could you do that would really just show the emotional tenor of Les Mis. And if, if if instead of just not fighting on the side of the revolution, if Valjean actually was on the emperor's side, yeah, that would be a very interesting. Yeah, but tweak. no, but it becomes it to, but it couldn't the whole work. Thing, but it no, actually it would it would take it would take a lot of. I just rewrites. mean the current one would <laughs> the current one would break because it shows you that he's not like they try to pretend he's neutral, not yeah. on the side of the revolution. Yep, but he actually is on the side of the revolution 100%. because it couldn't be the same movie if he were if you pull pro-emperor. if you pull him over to. The authority that's to be toppled, you know, and he's he aligns there. You would have a really hard time gelling that with everything he said up until then. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't work. The wishbone would would break. However, yeah. that would be a very interesting story. It would, and, and that rewrite would be fun. Yeah. Um, so somebody, just else, like somebody our, else should do that. Like Chat GBT should give it a try. Yeah. Just like our episode last time suggested, Dickens, but better. <laughs> this can be lame is but better. Lame is but no, let's not say better. Let's say lame is but good. <laughs> let's just go ahead and acknowledge that it's not good. I was told that there is Dickens but better. It is called a Christmas Carol, a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and here we get to the nostalgia. Rizzo <laughs> the rat is that's an actually, old that's favorite. Actually a, that's actually a perfect example <laughs> because we should be able to love and have affection for something like Muppet Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Yeah. And not be offended or outraged when people are, when like, people are like, oh, that's that sucks. pretty dumb. Yeah. That's dumb. Like, yeah, it's yeah. dumb. I, you know, I, I, have, I, I have a nostalgic, <laughs> I could write you a moving little creative nonfiction sketch about burning trash in my, in my grandfather's wood stove. Like it's right. not, it was not a good activity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, but I can, I can have this pocket and it was in a scene and it was in the context of this narrative and it was this really great experience watching the trash fire, like change right. colors in his wood stove. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and no, I shouldn't have been doing it. No, like whatever. doesn't matter. The point is I can have that nostalgia for that thing. I can have nostalgia for Muppet Christmas Carol. And if somebody rides in on their high horse saying, you realize that's low art, you right. realize that was not good. Right. It doesn't affect me. I'm not maintaining that it is. And my own identity is not wrapped up in it. And this, 
ties into, I don't know, some podcast we did somewhere where we just begged people to stop. That was the Lord of the Rings uh, yeah. prejudice. So, well, yeah, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Stop identifying yourself with this art product. Right. I should be able to criticize this art without you feeling like I've attacked you personally or insulted your mother. Yeah. Right. You know, we should be able to have a conversation. And if it's that good, you should be able to defend it rationally and calmly without becoming emotional. Right. You know, you should when, be able to When do I that. suggested we watch Muppet Christmas Carol and my eight-year-old was like, wow, those are weird. You know, that to me was hilarious because I was yeah. realizing, oh, I've not cultivated the sentimentality and the... <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> just, yeah, but basically, it's completely fine. It was, it was a thing for you when you were that age. Correct. Not for him. Right. It's like, okay, it hits different. Fine. It yeah. hits different. Yeah. You know, I, I like remember when ranch dressing was like the thing, Yeah, you know, it does. We have a lot more, like so much variation in food, so yeah. much more flavor, so much more sophistication and just cooking in general. I mean, I, I drank a lot 90s. of orange crushed soda right. with Pringles for lunches, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And my kids do not. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could look back on that and not repent. Right. Like, it wasn't but, wrong. But you can look back on that and laugh and have a little warm spark of affection and know how bad that is. <laughs> like, right. like, that's not what I should have been doing. That's Or it is. Maybe it is what I should have been doing right then, but it's not what I should do now. Right. I should grow. Uh, so if Les Mis is your favorite thing in the entire world, as I know it is for some people, then pity us. Feel yeah. bad for us that, that we missed this amazing thing. Don't feel personally insulted. As I've replied to some of these folks, it's totally okay for you to disagree with us. It's all right for you to be wrong. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It is. You and can be wrong. It's also, as a side note, even though we're talking into microphones, it's also okay for us to be wrong. <laughs> and we, I mean, just because We've we haven't it. been doesn't mean we it's haven't not done okay. it on the podcast, but we have done <laughs> it in real life. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not okay for us to have an aesthetic opinion that we do our best to justify. And like that we try to explain and we could be wrong. Right. Like I could say this movie's great. I talked about finding Forrester. I could be like, I like this movie. It's a great film. I could discover like "Ah, ads where I could go rewatch it and be like, Oh, like, Mm. I don't, I don't know what I remembered. I saw it in a different context or whatever. And I missed some things. I could have affection for a thing that I still think was great. So you said Pringles and orange crush, right? All of us have had the experience of going back to something that we remember as resonant and fantastic. Yeah. And we get there and we're like, mm, turns out I grew because yeah. that's not good. Or I've, to make it Christmas, like the little petty fours that come in a box, right? The tiny little, the little cakes that as a, as yeah. an eight year old, I thought were all the that. height of cuisine. Yeah, yes. And now you're like, wow, that does taste like it was made out of mostly wax. Cause they wanted it to hold yeah. the shape. <laughs> <laughs> this is a candle, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I can still let my kids eat it. Yep, exactly. It's and Christmas. They're, and they're going to have the same, dis- they're they'll have have the same, same discovery like, later. Wow, a lot of hydrogenated stuff in this thing. But it is, it is very important in society, especially in the Christian church, for people to be able to disagree, to appeal to common authorities that are shared, and to not get all wound up and emotional. Yeah. So. Didn't your wife just come up with a book idea? How to disagree? How to, oh, yeah, it was a show. She was like, we should do a how to disagree show. Like, like adults? Yeah. How to disagree like grownups. Like, how could we sit down and my favorite movie could be your least favorite movie and your favorite movie could be my least favorite movie. And how does everybody have a conversation pointing to the same standards, the same authority and leave friends Yeah, still disagreeing should be able to happen. It should not be that hard. 
but we so quickly vest our own identities into our taste and it becomes really problematic. So I actually, I know the first time I ever said anything rude about Les Miserables, um, what was it? My father and I had a debate at an NSA Disputatio. Yes. Years and years ago. Yep. And uh, between, I think the debate was, which is worse, the story of Les Miserables or the music? (laughs) 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 And, And so that was our debate. And if I recall, people left the college. I remember it being a huge, huge, like, cataclysm. Yeah. In the town, which is pretty funny. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's hilarious to me. And it, ha- it is this very particular thing. Um, and, and I'll say this and we can hit and run. People should already understand this, but Les Mis is like, it's as if Thomas Kincaid painted a 50 foot mural. It has this grandeur to it. It has this big scope. You know, it's not a little cottage painting, you know, but if you said Kincaid, I want you to paint a 50 foot, he's dead now, but big 50 foot mural of, you know, right. from, from Les Mis moving towards the revolution, you know, of, at the end, it's that kind of a tone. It's that kind of a sentimentality. Mm. It just was really, you know, the puddles glow. Uh, yeah. But the, the difference is yeah. there's a lot of dark wallowing that goes on in Les Mis. And then the thing that comes with that is light wallowing. So sentimentality manifests in two ways. One is people who only want teddy bears, teddy bears and gumdrops. And they want, they want the cottages to glow, but not to have any, uh, they, they want the puddles in front of the cottages to glow, but have no dead bloated worms in them. They, mm-hmm. they don't want any of the realism. Right. You know, they want that. But you have to realize when you give into that and you give into just the glowy, emotional manipulation of light and you think it's love and goodness and but you're getting into that emotional manipulation of it you will also be creating the wallowing of darkness Hmm. you'll get both there are people who wallow 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 in the shadow yeah in the darkness pot bellies in the darkness yeah little pot belly piggers and there's 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 people who wallow in the in the sweetie nice cool whip of -hmm. life and you get those extremes Uh, And again, calibrate to scripture, like calibrate to scripture. There's a hard edge in scripture. There's there's a hard edge. There's darkness. There's real darkness. And there is real light. And the fires, I, I, this is straight from Lewis. I would steal this from the great divorce, but the fires burn hotter in heaven than they do in hell. Mm. Like it's, uh, and I would add for people thrown into the outer darkness, for people thrown away from God, the only place that would be worse would be to be in the presence of God. When they're being thrown to hell yeah. where the worm dieth not, you know, and it's the fires are never quenched and you know, you're in the out, you're out there. Um, it would be more excruciating for you to be in the presence of God. Yeah. Like it's the one, like it's the one downgrade. Uh, read scripture, calibrate to God's tone, calibrate to his loves, calibrate to his light. Calibrate to what he does to darkness. Don't end up creating this little inflated, sentimental, like glowy thing that's Kincaid-ish. Because uh, it comes with all the like super moody, yeah, you know, wallowing in victimhood over there. 
Like we get, we get both. If you get manipulation and you get kind of this over and over inflated, uh, think MSG for emotion over there, you'll get MSG on darkness too. You'll get, mm-hmm. you'll get both. Um, uh, and it doesn't, doesn't play out well. It just and, really and, and that's because you've untethered, right? Mm-hmm. So that means you really can't control where the, what your feels are. It's like a, yeah, it's like, it's like a, when the jackhammer runs away from the person, you can so, be jackhammering yeah. through the good stuff or the bad stuff. So if, if you tether your actions, your beliefs and your affections to, uh, the, well, to God and to his standard, then he is a rock as discussed earlier. There's a constancy to it. Mm. Uh, if you hit your wagon to your feels, you're screwed. Like, do not hit your wagon to your feels. Hit your feels to the authority of scripture. Like, be able to check them. Be able to say, I am feeling in a way that is not biblical, and I should stop feeling this way. You know, I should actually do that. Um, you know, just don't hit your wagon. Don't hit your life uh, in any way to the, a thing that cannot be you know, controlled or yeah. regulated or measured. So if, if in any kind of sentimentality, that's what happens. And the feels, the feels can swing. And, you know, the feels can swing into deep darkness and they can swing into sweetie niceness. Uh, they can go all over the map and you're just going to, you're just going to be the worst person in the world to be around. Yeah. So should you always ask yourself, whatever you're doing, like, ought I to believe this? Is this biblical? But ought I to feel this? Is this a biblical way to feel? And that's something a lot of people just don't want to do. So do it. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. (laughs) There it is. You. Yeah. I don't know. I think we've given more to Les Mis than I want to. But if everybody really wanted more, I would do it. I just think, please don't. Let's not. I mean, wasn't this, this counts. I just counted the vote and it turns out everybody abstained. We're not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Until next time, we need to do a lamp. K- yes. We need to do a lamp k- pick. A December lamp uh, should pick. We, should we do a Christmas movie? I think so. I think we should do a look at moving pictures Christmas. What, what should it be? Extravaganza. Brian? What should it be? Um, unfortunately, I did not prep for this part of the question. I don't have a good Christmas movie off the top of my head. You heard where my mind's at. It's Muppet Christmas Carol, so I can't suggest that. Mm, I would, I honestly, I would challenge everybody who's not used a, a filtering service, clear player of an angel to do so immediately. Mm. Like I know there's gotta be a ton of people who still just haven't, you know, they, they hear me recommend stuff and say, and say, filter it, filter it, filter it. But it's like, I, my son will be back. My daughters are back. Now we have most of the family. My son will be back in the house soon. And we've got a little, they've got a little list of Christmas movies they want to hit. Mm. Um, some of which will be filtered, some of which won't. And so I can't say go watch Die Hard. You know, right. it's like unless you're ready to do all the work of of actually editing the film. Yeah, so we actually do need to pick one ASAP so they can watch it in time. Maybe I'll send out a special note. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they maybe they can just pick their own movie and we'll get you one in the new year. Right. Next week, we'd still have a week before Christmas. Just everybody do all your academic research on all the Hallmark movies ever made. (laughs) (laughs) How how many have been made, do you think? How many Hallmark movies are there? Man, it feels like people watch them all the time. So I was at first going to say there's only like a couple months when they can release them, but that's not true. 
they can release them 12 months out of the year. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of things that are just designed to try to make you have a feeling. Yes. Like, here, have a feeling. Lame is his hallmark. Well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) There. We found it. We found it. I went too far. It's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look at me. How reasonable I am. Yeah. I don't think you get a lamp pick. It's also, this is, yeah, you don't get one. Sorry. It's also funny though. People should know better than to ask us not to do something. Right. I think if I told my wife, it's like, hey, we're going to talk about Lame Miz again. She'd be like, talk about something else. Right. Um, and apparently your wife did that. And so then we did a whole episode on it when we weren't going to. <laughs> because we're incorrigible and we're in a room with well, low accountability. You know what it is? I think people are like, well, Nate is so easy to disagree with, but so hard to defeat in <laughs> combat. And so it's just important that they understand that we you know there's a lot of research behind what we do a lot of preparation (laughs) i i for the first time i i just i popped off about lame as the musical somebody who got mad was like listen i know the book is not great and it's more philosophically going in bad directions Uh, but the musical is just christian it's the gospel and you probably saw a terrible production it's like Uh oh i saw it in london and went to a fantastic production in London. And, and that was the spark that allowed it, you to critique everything. And it hurt me. It hurt my feelings. And I am ruled by my feelings. <laughs> and because it hurt my feelings, I continue to lash out to the present day. There we go. <laughs> the end. I'm the victim here. Yeah. Happy <laughs> Sasf. All right, I got two things for you. The second thing is that I'm going to show you our new Canon Plus video right after I get out of the way. Uh, If you're on audio, then you can listen to the script or view it on our YouTube. And then the first thing is that now through the end of December, you can get a year of Canon Plus and gift it to a friend or an enemy or a family member or both uh, for $59.99 instead of paying $95.88, which is more. You can do that by going to canonpress.com and clicking on the gift Canon Plus button. But you gotta go now, 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 or actually right after you watch this video. Enjoy. Hey, Christian Dad. Are you paying a monthly fee to let Hollywood producers pump their septic tanks directly into your living room? Even worse, directly into your imagination and the imaginations of your children. How much darkness streams into your home every day, every week? Have you gotten too used to turning your mind off when you put your feet up? Have you invited your own enemies into your home? How much damage has already been done to you and to your family? My heart says that the way I feel most myself is to go by the name Fred. That's because I'm non-binary. Canon Plus is building a global platform with one simple goal, to create and deliver great content that will help Christian families grow stronger and more dangerous in the world. Content that will kick your brain's butt and help you bear down and step up. Content that will encourage, equip, educate, challenge, and inspire your family. Content built on the bedrock of real truth, real goodness, not fake trendy virtues. How dare you? And real lasting beauty. Your family might already be struggling. Maybe the man of the house has been sipping too much Bud Light Gospel in the basement for too long. It's day six of girlhood. 
but it's not too late. With thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, truth-telling documentaries, and curriculum for all ages, Canon Plus wants to help you grow stronger together with your family. There might be enemies at the gates, but there's a feast on the table to strengthen you for the fight. We want the resources we produce to help you do the real work of cultural change, becoming a lighthouse in your own community, armed with courageous joy and a faith that burns hot and bright, especially when the world would rather keep you on a cute little dimmer switch. We don't have to wallow in the world's filth. Moonlight, best picture. You ugly. We don't need to let our strength atrophy like numbed victims of some ungodly matrix, leaving our families unprotected and vulnerable. It's time for Christian fathers to stop being such cultural cuckolds, well-behaved wonderbread winners sitting by and paying for the world to assault their families with lies. Let's get strong and grow our families strong. Let's raise our kids to be the world's worst nightmares. Smart, secure, fearless, joyful, difficult to control, and quick to laugh at lies and nonsense. <laughs> We're pushing back against the rising tide of sewage on our screens. We're pumping out antidotes to the world's poisons. But we can't do it alone. We need allies. You need allies. So consider this your invitation to join up and make things a little awkward for all our weaker brethren and church leadership. It's not that we're against anything. Who so badly want to be worldly cool kids. Help us build a streaming platform unlike any other. A platform that will challenge and strengthen Christians, mind, body, and soul, until this cultural tide begins to turn. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be. And yes, this tide will turn. This ain't the Alamo. We're all gonna die, but we have no intention of losing. <sighs> Canon Plus. You don't have to subscribe, but you do have to stop sucking. <laughs>